Hey guys, welcome to Content Candy's new, new show. It's kind of an old show. It's uh, Cinema Bias with myself, Video Drew, and Alex Mack. Please enjoy. Check us out wherever you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, what have you. Like and rate and leave a review. That's like a thing you can do on podcasts. And make sure to also check out patreon.com backslash video drew to find out ways that you can support this channel, which is growing. Okay, end of thing. Everybody, hello, hello. Welcome to Cinema Bias. Hello, um, I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Video Drew. Uh, Drew, uh, as always, we have my lovely co-host here, Alex Mac, Mac Daddy. I love how I was still pointing to the wrong side, Mac Daddy. So, what happened? Did you give birth to a hamburger, or is that a big Mac Daddy, or? Oh, I this, <laughs> I was uh, on a stream with uh, some friends, and I just forgot to change my name when I answered. It. <laughs> but that's like, but uh, that's your but, dual name. That's like that's literally what a bunch of friends call me. They're just like, "Hey, Mac Daddy, what's up?" So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna announce this right now. That is your Dolomite name. Is Mac Daddy? Yo, can it? <gasps> yeah. At your oh my gosh! If I've always, I even said it. If I was ever in Schmodown, I'd be Alex Mac Daddy Shashuk. Nice. What's my What's my dole my name? Well, we'll figure it out, guys. Anyway, welcome to Cinema Bias. Uh, our, where we fill in each other's blind spots about uh, movies that we have avoided, not seen, or just kind of passed through our radar for one reason or another. And we kind of take some introspective looks into what this movie, what these movies are about, why they're important why we liked or didn't like them, and got to go from there. Um, this month, is, we're doing something pretty, uh, like, first time for us. And I do want to make this, like, comment on the top of the show that we're going to spend the month of February watching movies that are the criteria of black cinema. And I am a white person. Not sure if you could tell, but I am not black. I know. What? Crazy. Crazy. Huh? I know. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. So while so while the you know these conversations I think should be had and there should be spaces for for you know me to learn about these movies and, and discuss them and I really want this to be a conversation with the audience as well because this is not I, I can openly admit this is not my area of expertise um, and I'm really looking forward to like learning more about it but if we like make mistakes along the way if we don't have the right info or if we're we have the right wrong not right or wrong but if we have like you know if our, our, our framework of this seems a little wonky please like let us know in the chat please like give us you know well please inform us and let us like be educated by you guys because this is uh us wanting well it's just wanting to be better so yeah mm -hmm. i take awful brendan marr i noticed you Let's see. oh and we can't forget before we go any further Leave a gorgeous new intro video. Oh, I was play it while you were talking. I was gonna do it while you were talking. You know, I never. Oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> 
gorgeous is that intro. Thank you again, Danny, for Danny the Crow Boy for getting me uh bringing us that amazing intro. I love the music. It's so jang- it's like so jangly. Great. <laughs> it is. It does remind me of something I would see like in a soap commercial circa nineteen fifty two or something. About it, which I also really like. So um mm-hmm. this week on Cinema Bias, we're gonna be talking about a movie that neither of us have seen. It's actually our first double feature. I've seen one of the two movies before. Alex hadn't seen either. I had never seen the original. It's uh, we watched uh, Dolomite, which I believe is 1974. But again, uh, I have to be 1975. I was one year off. 1975, boom, bitch. Uh, 1975, a sort of black exploitation film that was made with uh, with uh, Rudy Ray Moore, whose name I keep saying Randy Ray Moore, but Rudy Ray Moore, um, as well as the 2019 version of Dolomite is My Name, which is a sort of a biographical film about about this uh, guy. The making who, of. The making mm-hmm. of the first Dolomite movie and the and the actor and his sort of aspirations. Now, Alex, did, real quick, did this movie remind you of any other movies we've seen recently? It's funny you say that or ask me that because when I watched this, I was like, this would be like an oddly perfect double feature to Ed Wood. Mm-hmm. Because it's at the end of the day, it's about these two actor directors' personalities that are doing this for the love of this art form, mm-hmm. and they have no idea what they're doing, and they're just having fun with it, and they're just trying to figure it out along the way, and hilarity ensues. What if I was to tell you that it was the same writers? No. What? Yeah. That's why I was like, that's what I was teeing up to. Yes, it's the same writers. Uh, Larry, for Larry, it's, um, God, they, they have really confusing names. It's like, one is, hold on, uh, Scott Alexander and Larry Karas Whiskey. God, I'm like friends with him on Instagram. I should know how to pronounce the last name, but they did the People vs. OJ. <laughs> they did uh, the People vs. Uh, Larry Flint. They did Ed Wood. They, I mean, they wrote Ed Wood and they wrote uh, Dolomite is My Name. And I think this movie has a lot of interesting things. Like, Phil Mine is my name. It's a lot of interesting parallels to uh, Ed Wood. And I'd like, mm-hmm. excited to get into it. So, guys, uh, our Streamlabs are open. Uh, so, feel free to send in a couple bucks, streamlabs.com backslash video drew, or you can send in some super chats. We can have some donation goals today. Um, I don't know what they would be exactly. Maybe, hmm, what would we do for money today, Alex? Um, I'll crack my neck a few times. Um, I also have some steamed barbecue steam buns. We can incorporate somehow. We can do okay. some mukbang situation. I, I will. Um, I can I can. I can see if I can put a whole mochi in my mouth. If we get bucks tonight, I'll put like a one of those big monkey. Th- um, I'll I'll do another weird monologue. Yes. That's what it is. You know, $50 gets you the monologue of something from this movie. Or or your choice in general. (laughs) It doesn't have to be this movie because it it sounds terrifying. (laughs) It has to be that voice of Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. That's that's non-negotiable. That's what it's going to be. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what it was. The Marissa Tomei. This movie's actually good. My last thing is a few things I recall not being a fan of. Now, are you talking about the original Dolomite, or are you talking mm-hmm. about Dolomite is my name? Because uh, I've thought, I mean, there's clearly two different things there. One is a, you know, you know, a biopic about the movie itself, and one is the movie itself, which is, it, you know, it's- The other is 
it's a high definitely camp. not a biopic yeah definitely not um, a biopic <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I think he's just self-biotic, maybe. I really love this. I really love both movies a lot, like, for different reasons. But let's say, real quick, Alex, what's your bias? Or as I guess we'll be saying for the rest of the month, why do we seem so racist? Um, <laughs> that's a big question right there. Um, Dolomite, I personally, I, I never, well, I'll start with Dolomite is my name, or my name is Dolomite. I keep forgetting. I to, I keep forgetting the title specifically. Oh, it's the same name. My name is Dolomite. Um, but I, one, I knew going into this movie what it was. I didn't uh, go see it just because I'm usually not big into biopics personally. And it's not with, a, it's not based on a person or a person that I know or just generally familiar with on any level. Right. And so, like when I, I remember seeing the trailer and I remember being like, this looks interesting just because a lot of these people I know are in this, but I still don't really know what it's about. <laughs> and same for Dolomite thing is, and I never heard of Dolomite until this movie. And so I'm actually very grateful to like sit down and watch this because I haven't heard of personally, I was not familiar with uh, Rudy Ray Moore. I was, I, this is actually technically the first black exploitation film. I've ever seen. I've seen quite a few films that are influenced uh, by black exploitation films, but this is my first one that's your nail on the head black exploitation film for me. So I would say excited. this is also this for me is a uh, this fits a couple categories of stuff that I like uh, just uh, have a void a void just generally. I don't know how else to put it, and it, it's not just the race issue, although like. Movies that bum me out generally and are like aren't weird and don't exist in some alternate universe involving time travel or scary monsters are generally not stuff I gravitate towards. I want escapism. I don't want realism. So like I mm -hmm. avoid a lot of biopics for that reason. Like I mm -hmm. avoid a lot of war movies for that reason. I I avoid a lot of historical movies about different times, you know, time mm -hmm. periods in America or like throughout the world, just because it bums me out and I'm like I'm already bummed out enough. So it's great, I think, when uh, yeah. you know, when someone can sit me down and force me to watch a biopic like this, and it opens up like this whole. It gives you such a love for what they do, and it's it's really just such a really inspiring story. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think guys, I think we can do tell me tell me the plot, which you know what? How about we split this off? Since no. this doesn't matter. You can take one okay. of the plots. I'll take another. Okay. I'll, okay, I'll do Dolomite. Oh, you want to do Dolomite? You want to do the original movie. You want to explain the plot of the original movie. I was about to think you were going to hot potato that onto me, and I was like, I'm not going to take the, the – I have no clue where the, like, 18 things are going on in my movie. I'll take Dolomite as my name. Then. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Dolomite's a lot – it feels a lot easier, but yeah. all right. There's a lot okay. going on. You know what? In that case, yeah, let's, uh, let's start with you then. I'm going to pull out the – phone and i'm gonna put 60 seconds oh wait does uh does we have a backstage the thing on the clock where'd the clock go yep so we have a nope that's wrong <laughs> never mind guys we can have the clock uh i'll just put on my phone i'll give you 60 seconds scott uh All right. so give us the plot of the movie dolomite starting now 
All right. So we when we first made Dolomite, Dolomite is a pimp. I, I think he's technically a pimp. He's also a nightclub owner or some kind of gangster guy. He's serving prison. And at this point, he's only served two of the two years of what he's supposed to serve 20. And that's because he was actually set up by his rival. So his rival is actually in, in real life. It was actually the director. His name something something Martin, but uh, he was it was like Willie Green, Wiley Green, or something like that. He was like set up though because he was set up by having a body and in cocaine and his in his car trunk, and he was totally framed by a few corrupt detectives. And uh, what? Huh? And, sorry, in the mayor, so the mayor's vault. Okay, so he was pardoned. His friend Queen B got him out. Anyway, he's uh, trying to get his club back on track. He ends up enforcing some uh, karate, uh, some karate chicks to be at his beck and call that are a bunch of prostitutes as Hi. well. Um, I got blocked, Damon. <laughs> can I be honest? That was that was a better one than usual, and I I would say more co co coherent than mine would have been because so much happens in that movie. That's like that's almost like it's out of a mystery science theater film. Like at one point he just goes on like he goes to a nightclub where he's supposed to do something and instead goes on stage and starts like, you know, doing the the Ray yeah. Bill White, like, you know, power rapping thing and everyone's like, Yay and then he skates skates away on his wheelies or whatever the equivalent of that was in the seventies. Uh this movie is mm -hmm. it's, it's so good. Okay, so I'll take Dolomite is my name. Let's see. All right. You got sixty seconds. Wait, wait, wait. I want to make sure I have the characters' names right, so uh, I'm going to look that up. That's not cheating because I need to be accurate with the names. Okay. So 60 seconds? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's this guy, Rudy Ray Moore, right? And he's kind of an older dude that's been in Hollywood for a long time, just doing all these different kind of hustles. He's been a stand-up comedian. He's done, like, works in clubs. He decides he's going to be uh, make comedy albums. He makes these comedy albums. They're really raunchy, but they hit a certain kind of niche audience of black communities everywhere. He gets on the Billboard charts, decides he wants to become a movie star and a kung fu mo uh, karate movie star at that. Um, he enlists the help of a couple friends of his, along with a uh, the, the black guy from Rosemary's Baby, who was played by Wesley Snipes. Um, and Keegan-Michael Key, who is a screenwriter, they make, they sort of do this kind of Ed Wood, like the gang, getting the gang all together to produce this movie, Dolomite, that no one wants to touch with a 10-foot pole, because it's like a ridiculous film about like an overweight kind of paunchy black man who can like talk in what is really the predecessor to rap, and like come up with these like amazingly rhyme schemes, and, uh, and the movie comes out, and not only is it like a success, but like the the production company that turned him down originally like comes back on hands and knees and like begs him to show the movie at uh let them distribute the movie so it's a really uplifting tale about like you know just really believing in your dreams is that good that's pretty much it yeah there's a lot of they have a lot of hiccups around along the way i feel like it's but if it's just like you really need to include that honestly i mean in the plot like such as like they ran out of film so they were like what the fuck do we do we don't have film <laughs> we just like we don't have enough money to buy actual film to record this um uh, stuff like that you know, the the really incredible like weird relationship between the director and the real life director and and not dolomite but uh, rudy yeah. as well because they had they have a very interesting relationship you know because like uh i i keep wanting to call him wiley but his name's not or wiley willie um uh derville he's 
agree. Like they have this kind of weird relationship because you know, Doofell, he has been in Hollywood. He was like in Rosemary's Baby. He's been in a handful of. Remember, he was in. Who's coming remember, to dinner? Remember when we watched Rosemary's Baby and we all pointed out, like me and Roka pointed out that there was one black person in the movie and it was the elevator operator. It's that elevator operator. <laughs> but that's that's the guy who's the director of the original Dolomite movie and who in this movie is played so exquisitely by Wesley Snipes, but we can get into oh. that in character stuff a little bit later. Uh, the, the, meta, the, the meta story, The Dolomite Is My Name, is such a perfect, like, beautiful film in, in one respect of, like, perfectly well-crafted. It's, it's fun. It gives you all the joy of these guys' work. And if you're a fan of Larry and, um, and his partner... Like, you know that you like their movies. Like, if you're a fan of OJ or Ed Wood or People vs. Lightning, you know that they do great work if that's your style. Dolomite, on the other hand, the original, that movie's like straight up ridiculous, bonkers, banana so town. And I fucking loved it. I fucking <laughs> loved it. Um, but, hiya. This guy, first of all, like, I want to just talk for a second about how actually like well done the movie is they keep talking in dolomite is my name about how the production of dolomite was like not cursed but like no one had any experience and everyone yeah. was like bad at it and like but they yeah, actually, the actually have a history of acting yeah when you actually watch it though like it's it's it doesn't seem that bad at all hold on one second i'm making this big um there he is that's the original dolomite that's rudy ray moore so uh so he has like you know karate women he really, you know, there would be, I feel like, no Tarantino, maybe, if there was, like, none of this guy. Well, uh, he was very, he was, he's very vocal about how inspired by not only black exploitation films and spaghetti westerns, obviously, mm-hmm. but he has mentioned Dolomite in particular. It was a huge influence on his, on, in his career. So I am not surprised in slice, but maybe. I wonder if we would have a Quinn Tarantino today if it wasn't for him. That's like, yeah, that's what I was asking, like, maybe you wouldn't. Or even a lot of rappers as no, well. I think or, or just like, because he's called, he, he's referred like, to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, well, it's not mentioned, well, sorry, it's not part of the movie, but in Dolomite is my name. Um, it's He's mentioned that because of his um, his style, of uh, his uh, comedy style, his like, where it's almost, it's like, a, where it's like his rhyming style is a huge, huge influence on rap music in general. Yeah, and he, he is called the godfather of rap. So I'm kind of wondering if, you know, what the music world or rap, if we, what kind of rap, if we would have rap right now, if it wasn't for him. That's, that's a question probably only my ex-husband can answer. Uh, but, <laughs> I, I just I don't know I mean the rap I mean because what he's doing is not rapping he's just making like these little rhyming couplets and he's putting them out mm-hmm. on audio they're dirty and they're like you know they're raunchy but they they're really funny like they're good like Eddie Murphy's delivery in this is great but I gotta tell you watching the original Dolomite kind of like into the to, to the actual actor Rudy Ray Moore he's kind of a good looking gentleman like they kind of make <laughs> Dolomite is my name it's you know he's kind of old and whatever mm-hmm. I was I expected it, a real old guy, but this this dude's like this is a straight up hottie. That was a hottie to me. I don't know. Well, it's it's all about the attitude with him, and you know he has like sev- several really iconic lines that are really really funny when delivered with that energy that he gives. And Dolomite isn't so much. I don't think Dolomite is a great movie. I don't think it's like wonderful. I know, I know you said there's a lot of really great things about it and I agree. I definitely do. But Dolomite, there's a reason why it's all about this 
character. <laughs> There's a reason why this character has several sequels. And it's all about his crazy confidence mm-hmm. and just like charisma in every scene. It's just off the charts. Now, would you compare this to a movie like uh, like the people like say that it's so bad it's good, like something like The Room or like any of the mm-hmm. Mr. Chess Theater movies? Is- Why did I take myself off screen? Is that sort of the lens that like originally that's the lens I was going into this movie being like kind of like an Ed Wood movie because yeah. these guys like writing about like filmmakers who achieve their dream to a certain extent even if history doesn't remember them as these mm-hmm. great filmmakers they were able to achieve what they set out to do and, and were able to hold on to their artistic vision and so in that way they are a success story mm-hmm. but, like watching coming into Dolomite I was like this is going to be like it's gonna be like the room. It's gonna be corny acting. It's gonna be terrible. Like they've made it. They made it very clear in Dolomite and is my name that nobody knew what they were doing like, while filming this. Like the guy thought he like Dolomite thought or you know uh, more thought he knew karate, but he like didn't know karate and it like looks it looked really terrible like when they were doing it in the meta movie. So I was walking into this being like this movie's gonna suck and I'm gonna have to sit through the whole thing. And instead mm-hmm. it was like it was a pretty like narratively cogent. Like I've seen way less cogent movies like from like from well-known directors recently than mm-hmm. this. Movie. This movie has a pl- like a plot that goes A to B to C to D. There's some weird detours, of course, and it's like the '70s, so they're like you know there's there's weird parts where women have to come and flock to him, and he has to go do a rap at a club instead of you know where he's supposed to be like you know looking for a guy that's gonna kill him. Like there's just there's these weird moments where it's just to show off how uh, you know what this character is. But mm-hmm. I really thought it was a cogent plot. I thought his delivery and the delivery of many other people in this movie was ex- like excellent, like just mm-hmm. absolutely excellent. In fact, like I think the comparison I was making in my head was this is better acting than Under the Silver Lake, which is the movie that is uh, by the guy who did It Follows that I was watching recently. Andrew Garfield, okay, right. Andrew Garfield. But there's other people in that movie, and they read their yeah, lines. Right. I can't tell if it's like a deliberate choice, but they read it like they are mm-hmm. like reading from a phone book. And in this movie, right, nobody like, yeah. even no, even like though it's clear that these people aren't great actors. Like mm-hmm. it is, or like that they're they're not trained actors or whatever. Mm-hmm. They deliver their lines, and they put on a performance. The guy who plays like his like sketchy friend, like the junkie friend. Like, that was a great performance. Like, the whole thing, it just felt like... Dolomite actually felt like, as its own movie, I can see why yeah. it was so popular. I could totally see why you, people would come it's, and see this. It, 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 well, it's kind of funny, because this movie is, I think, very... In- it's intentionally an action comedy. And I really like that. It just kind of... It, when making it, and you really kind of... That's, that's really emphasized in the Eddie Murphy adaptation, is just you know they know exactly what they're doing but there is a slight there was a initial disconnection between some of the behind the scenes people some of the actors just a little bit because some of them are very theatrically trained actors and a lot of some of the actors a lot of the behind the scenes people the writer that also plays the fbi agent in this film he's involved wait wait wait, sorry let's go back so the fbi you mean the black fbi agent yes yes the fbi agent like from the mm-hmm. Dolomite. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so fucking sorry. That's so cool that the, the bad guy's played by the director <laughs> and then the writer is like the detective. Oh man, did, this is did, did I just this one? Did I? I didn't know this one. I didn't. I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize this, that was news to you. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, 
awesome. Like, I think that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it's really interesting how these people were so directly involved in, and the writer, he's a, not only a theatrically trained actor, but he is a very serious writer. And it, and it, it, it really makes sense when seeing it. He was like completely distraught apparently when they filmed that sex scene. Like, I wonder like how, like how distraught, oh, yeah. was he like really distraught when he was like, you know, he, he's playing a character. You can kind of see why that this guy, sorry. I'm like, I've been out of breath these days. It was like, has like the bravado. He wants to portray himself as this, this pimp, like badass shaft character. Mm-hmm. But he's mm-hmm. he's got some insecurities, and I really enjoy how in Dolmite is my name. We don't really need to touch on them. We don't need to know his yeah. sexual like hangups. We don't see him with a woman except for platonically. It's just like this is just about his dream, almost like Edward too. Although he had girlfriends in that movie, but like it's mm-hmm. not really about his relationships with people or his sexuality or anything else. It's just about his desire to make this movie like by any means possible. Um, and his belief in himself and like the crew, the Motley crew that he gets to, to assemble and all do this together. Um, would you like to know something though? And this is really, this is what makes this like a really happy story. This movie I would called, love to know. I would love so, to know the story. The original Dolmite, uh, as we learned in Dolmite is my name was financed for a hundred thousand dollars. Most of which was taken out of the Royal, the future royalty rights for any of his, uh, Moore's, um, uh, record contracts. So he already had these really popular records and was going around the country doing stand-up as Dolomite. And mm-hmm. he said, I want to make this movie. And the record label was like, sure, we'll loan you the money. But, like, if you can't pay it back, then, like, you're just going to be, re- like, working for us for free for the rest of your life. You won't own your own songs. Like, nothing will be yours. And so, like, he took the gamble on himself. And, you know, like, when the money ran out, he took, you know, a little bit more out. So $100,000 total. Uh, guess how much it made? Box office. Um, the first one. You mean ten million? Close, twelve. Yeah, so five. I was close. A ballpark. It. I mean, like twelve million dollars in that money. Like you know, that's a ton of cash. It is. It's. Uh, I mean, also we need to remember this is nineteen seventy. Five, a very different time and like obviously and that kind of money is huge and there there wasn't that many you know kevin smith situations where this like random fifty thousand dollars gonna be entered into a festival and it's gonna be a huge overnight success and they have sponsorships and so like that didn't really happen at the time in the 70s and festivals for you to show your like on like your your thing without a distributor you know yeah now that if you have an indie movie or if you have a self-made movie you go to you, you raise money on gofundme or kickstarter mm-hmm. you go to festivals you show it around you try to get distribution there was none of that back then there was like mm-hmm. you know, five distributors and like not that many ha- uh uh like uh, movie houses that would like directly speak one-on-one to you like um but it, it's there's so much cool stuff in here that we're unpacked how do we want to do this do we want to start by just talking about the plot of of the Dolomite movie, or because I feel like I'm keep jumping back and forth because I'm so excited. <laughs> well, well, okay. So I think that you really took so much love for the first film. So let's dive into that one in particular. Okay, so I'm just going to read you a, a, 
Wikipedia summary, and like hopefully this gives you an idea. Maybe not. It seems kind of straightforward, but Dolomite mm -hmm. is a pimp and a nightclub owner who is currently serving 20 years in prison after being set up by a rival, Willie Green, and framed by corrupt detectives and the mayor. We don't find out about the mayor until like way later, by the way. Oh, we got to donate. Our Thank you so much. Here you just do that, Weston. Thank you so much, Weston. That's really sweet, Weston. Um, yeah, that's, Thank that's you. It's always important to know when to bet on yourself. That's the line he has. Good job. So, okay, mm -hmm. so Dolan is a pimp uh, being set up and corrupt detectives and the mayor. Why the mayor is involved with, like, setting up Dolomite, whatever. Let's just keep going. Uh, Freed, thanks to the lobby. Freed, thanks to lobbying for a pardon by fellow pimp Queen Bee. He attempts to rekindle his reputation on the streets while trying to get his total experience club, that's their air quotes on mine, uh, back under control. He has to face Green in league with the mayor to get black votes in exchange for for immunity from prosecution. Wait, I don't remember that being a subplot. Uh, okay, uh, so so Green's in, in league with the mayor to get black votes in exchange for not being prosecuted for the guns that he's been smuggling in. Alongside corrupt detectives and drug dealers selling to the community. In the meantime, he trains his women in kung fu before coming face-to-face -face with Green and the detectives while an FBI agent, Jerry Jones, lurks in the shadows watching the proceedings. Now, does that do this justice? It does not do it justice at all in, in any way. There's just, it, like I kind of mentioned earlier, it the character of Dolomite in particular, it's all about a vibe. It's all about an attitude. And there's, and his confidence throughout the film, and it's never unwavering. And there's a handful of these itty moments that are in this film that are not so much unnecessary, but these small, you get like a lot of these big moments, like these big, huge fights, like random, like fights and kung fu fights between Dolomite and the villain, uh, Willie Green and everything at the very end with his intestine coming out and his belly. Oh my gosh. It was like crazy. Oh, yeah, he pulled out his fucking I was like, what is this happening? What's going on? And then, and then afterwards, he shoots him. He shoots him after he pulls yeah. out his intestines. That shit's Baskin. That is some just crazy. to make sure. Just that, to make sure. By the way, guys, <laughs> you know that that mirrors what the original ending of Seven was was supposed to be, which is that Morgan Freeman uh, kills John Doe before. I, I know you haven't seen it, so earmuffs, Alex. Uh, but I already know the answer. I already know. Okay, so like, so Morgan Freeman was supposed but. to have killed John Doe before uh, Brad Pitt gets a chance mm -hmm. to in the original ending because he was going to retire anyway, and then he goes. Like the storyboards have Morgan Freeman going like, bam. And Brad Pitt's like, what do you do? What'd you do? And he was like, call it an early retirement. And like, that was. That's a, that would have been a bad ending. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, going to jail for. We With that line. With that You're line. Right. You read this terrible Call line. it an it's early like, retirement. Like. Mm. Also not technically early. He was already retiring. Anyway, getting back to this movie. Uh, this movie is ridiculous it's ludicrous but like i don't even think it would count as a mystery science theater movie because it's too not well made but well constructed like if the, if we can talk about like the differences between there there's like the dialogue is great the acting like it, it doesn't feel like a somebody's home movie it does feel like a finished production that someone made yeah it has cheesy graphics and yeah there's the kung fu is like corny as hell 
But like I, this movie feels like it was actually made by somebody who was an intelligent person who had like an eye for certain things. And the script is <laughs> great, like pretty good. Like the way he delivers his lines is so perfect. And his interactions, like the chemistry he has with almost everybody on stream, screen is incredible. Like I, I just was, I was like, until the final third of the film where like we get into the Chinatown sort of subplot about the mayor being involved in it which they do address in Dolomite is my name, which is like, why would the mayor be involved? Like, why would this person be involved with the warden? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And he's like, nah, like, let's do that. Or like, add Kung Fu. Or like, uh... <laughs> yeah, the Kung Fu aspect is actually one of my favorites. It's, I, I wonder where it came from because I know it was also around this time where Bruce Lee films were really becoming, not mainstream popular, but they were popular from what i've been told that they were popular at the time and within the black community at at oh, theaters yeah that's absolutely true we yeah. don't have to qualify that as a qualifier statement there is a huge i was like, I, like time like timeline wise i don't know if it you know no, if it's but, like it's a direct influence or not well no it, it is direct influence because that's like mm-hmm. where he why he wanted karate in his movies because he's been watching all these bruce lee movies and like that's you know mm-hmm. he just thought, but he didn't know karate that's what's amazing he didn't even bother learning karate he was just like, I'm going to do what looks like he's like, just would chop the air and be like, blah, blah, blah. And people just have to like jump around him and pretend like they were getting hit. Um, there was one part in the movie last night, Nerd Chronic, remind me what it was, where he's like, and he like wants to add one thing in the movie. And he's like, by the way, we're going to have blop. And Eric was like, oh, yeah, that's like something you would say. Like, I forget exactly what it was. But <laughs> Eric's in the chat. It's like the way he keeps adding random things. He's like, okay, now there's got to be kung fu prostitutes. And like, now there's going to be something else. And uh, it's like, oh, yeah, what if there's like, a, oh, I remember what else he goes, and there's going to mm-hmm. be an exorcism. <laughs> like, uh, Eric was like, that's like something you would try to just randomly shoehorn into a movie that's not about uh, exorcisms at all. Yeah, well, I mean, there's such a, and for a film that has a lot of really great moments of karate and intensity and charisma and all this, like, and like really funny, weird sex scenes as well. Oh, um, oh I like the sex in the sex are <laughs> everything but there's also these random small quiet moments as well that I did not expect such as when I can't remember his name where he was the he was the he was the drug addict and he oh, would go to the restaurant yes um where he would go yeah where he would go to the restaurant and have this like moment with one of the you know one of the cooks that works there and he's like yeah please you know i'm good for it and everything and she's like fine i here and just leave and yeah. she kind of smiles oh, as like, he walks away oh no that was beautiful like, i don't know exactly what you're talking about that's what established- yeah it's a very quiet it's a very quiet moment it's, it's what established so to give you context so there's a scene that dolomite's not in we're introduced to a new character which is the first time it's been like cut away from dolomite and it's a junkie, mm-hmm. like, it's clearly, like, very homeless, like, or, like, seems like he's homeless, he's scratching, he's itching, he's clearly, like, on d- drugs of some sort. And he's asking, you know, can get French fries and a Coke and a burger from this little, like, uh, you know, truck that's selling something, uh, that's selling food. And the woman is like, you know, we don't serve fries here. And he's like, okay, also, like, I don't have money to pay for the burger and Coke. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll just cover it, like, get out of line. He's like, great, see ya, thanks, You, God bless you. And it's, it's... A really you're right it is a really poignant scene because the next moment he meets up with dolomite and like you know they you know dolomite's gonna help him out or whatever but introducing a character like that like in that kind of scene where it does kind of focus in on the woman even after the guy leaves and focuses in on how happy she feels 
who have helped somebody out and like been like someone's patron saint for the day. Uh, it was a pretty nice mm-hmm. touch and kind of goes to, I think, something or, that we're trying to underplay yeah. in Dolomite. Playing Dolomite is my name, which is that he kind of, for all the nudity, for all the exploitation, I think he also really kind of maybe respected women. Maybe. I I think he had. I I think he does, for sure. I mean, like, I don't know. I I think he does his character. Are we talking in real life or his character? Which one are you referring to? Oh, I know. No, sorry, sorry. In in real life. I mean yeah. the actor because he's it, the director, uh, yeah. director um, the Dolomite guy. Well, maybe it's, the director because he was involved, but yeah. But. Well, it there is well, there are clear, quiet moments surrounding women, and there's a lot of focus on the women, obviously. A lot of ninety-five percent of it percent of the time, the women the female characters feel like they, they they don't really matter in the film, honestly. Oh, I thought, you know, I they're they, they kind of they kind of, they kind of feel like side care. I mean, like they like most of them don't. They do have things. They a lot of them have, do have lines and everything, but it's um, like the the girls, the karate girls, you know, that are that are in the dojo. Yeah, well, I would say, and there's that. There's a handful of the prostitutes that there's a focus on them, and they're just kind of doing their own thing. And oh, Bernard, my dude, what's up? Um, I would, I know, I don't know. I might disagree with you on that because, again, because what we learned from Dolomite is my name. Like the woman who plays, uh, what's her name, Lady <laughs> Lady B or whatever, like the head Queen of the like, Queen B. She was actually like mm-hmm. this woman that he had found on tour while touring, who like he mm-hmm. saw beating the shit out of her husband when he like when she caught him cheating on her. She's not. She's like a bigger older. She's a bigger woman. She's an older woman. She's not somebody like you know that traditionally like Hollywood would have wanted to put in movies and stuff. And he really like went on mm-hmm. tour with her. Like decided that she was a star. Like and, mm-hmm. and made her like a big focal point in the movie. Yes, the women are prostitutes, and yes, they're kung fu, and yes, they're like being used in like exploitative ways. But I think, mm-hmm. but I, but I do think that like they also have their own agencies. Every single female yeah. woman in this movie has their agenda that's either pro or against. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even that they're pro or against Dolmite. Like, they just have their own lives that they're living, and mm-hmm. kind of like that quiet moment at the lunch van. They're just kind of like, yeah. you know, existing as their own autonomous beings. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with you there. If it, 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 that's something where I think it's, it's it's clear they're not the female characters are not just set dressing. It's uh, there's characters where it's clear that they have their own lives. So there's that moment between Queen Bee, she where one of the prostitutes, she's like, "Hey, you stole my money," and Queen Bee was like, "Did you steal her money?" And she's like, "Yeah, <laughs> here it is," and she like oh, Queen Bee takes her out. And the one of the other prostitutes, she ends up talking to one of the guys, and then she ends up talking to another guy. And there is this clear, there's this clear focus and of uh, these women, where especially, I was very surprised at how much there there was respect for. I feel like there was like quite a bit of respect for sex workers. That's yeah, rarely in film. Yeah, <laughs> They're actually shown as workers. <laughs> Here's a list for you for why the, the women in Dolomite are better than Bond women. A, they have like their own names, their own agencies, and their own frequency, like their own agency and their own like free, they, they have their own lives outside of Dolomite. B, they're not mm-hmm. like just 
like they're not treated like cannon fodder. They're not just people that get kidnapped. These are active women who like take down dudes who try to fuck with them or try to fuck with Dolomite. Like they are, they are like very savage and like better at karate and and hand to hand combat than he is. Like these are not like sycophantic women. They're just like oh, I mean mm-hmm. yes, every woman wants to sleep with him and they like say that he he rocks their world or whatever. But the you get the sense that these women have their own things where they are sex workers and they have to protect themselves. You know that early scene where some guy tries to steal her money. One of the women's money, one of Queen Bee's uh, uh, women's money, and she beats him up so bad that apparently he ends up in the fucking hospital, like contraction. Like she's just that's just, and that has nothing to do with the main story. But we see a flashback of it, and we're just like, oh, yeah, somebody tried to rip her off, and she just beat the living shit out of him. And you don't need to put that in the movie. You put that mm-hmm. in the movie because you want to prove that these characters mm-hmm. are strong. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you there. There There is a real sense of agency and agenda with the female characters, which I was very, very surprised about. Yeah, me too. Considering what it was, uh, you know, considering when it was released, considering, you know, it is, uh, he is a pimp. I <laughs> And however, something I, I also was also very surprised about was that, the links, the the mountain, the sex scenes themselves. There is such a focus on female pleasure in the film. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And I was oh, like, oh I was like, oh, what's what's this? I don't. Put, oh, what? Good for I'm you. Not, I'm, not, I'm not here to speculate about why, what his deal was, what his sexuality preference was, or why he like was, as we find on Dolmine, is my name so nervous yeah. about that sex scene and had to make it so over the top, like he was such a stud even though he was terrified of doing it uh, and why in, like in neither movie do they like sort of address like uh, or the dull mind is the name. They never address him having any sort of love interest whatsoever. I don't know what this guy's deal was, but from the surface level of what I can read from the movie and like what I can glean from the bi- biopic, he seemed like he was a pretty woke dude for like a, for his time. Like at, there's, he just seems like he cast women that don't traditionally get cast in roles. Like, he probably could have sold the movie easier if he had, like, you know, hired some hot blonde girls to, like, follow him around and be those karate chicks. But, like, he didn't want that. He I, wanted think, I think he did hire out. a few white girls. He did yeah, hire sure, a I few white girls. But, I mean, to, but obviously, it's a very play. focus on... Just showing some support for the <gasps> We just hit 50. Did we just hit 50? Uh, yep, we just hit 50. So now, what did we say we were going to do? We have to do a monologue? Or I have to promote Guys, we're going to do a monologue here pretty soon. Okay. Give me a second to find a monologue. One second. Oh, gosh. In the meantime, I'm just going to eat this dumpling in fear. Oh, oh, wait. Real quick. What was I just saying about the... Um, oh, oh, yeah. So they, they say that, like, you know, when Bob Odenkirk, who shows up as the distributor at the end from Legend, Legendary or Dimension Films, and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, we have a big open... Okay. It was generational films no oh, like generational the entertainment company. i'm talking about the name of odenkirk's company oh my bad my bad forgot me it's either dimension or, or or something else but um he's like look we have all these old three thousand seat theaters that like you can play your movies in and you know the resistance originally is like he knows who his audience is he's not going to get sold out he understands the industry will take the, the work of black people and co-opt it get them to sign contracts that like essentially relinquish all their rights this thing this guy already took a gamble on himself that would have kept him working in perpetuity for like you know as a dancing dancing little you know wind-up toy for this record label 
and he made it out like he the uncut gem made it out he good well a good a good version of uncut gems like where he just did the thing and he man- magically made it happen he's not going to like let that be taken away from him so it, he mm-hmm. has this really good bit at the end about like uh indolmite is my name about how like you know he doesn't make these movies for like everyone to see it's about like you know this two block these two blocks you know that everyone on the block knows it and Bob Kirk's like, well, the city has those two blocks. I was so surprised to see him there, by the way. I was like, even Lucas said it. He was like, is that Bob Odenkirk? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So it's kind of every, everyone, anyone who's anyone is in this movie. And everyone from Chris Rock, Keegan Michael Keel, uh, sorry, Peel. Um, sorry, Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, you're right. Keegan Michael Key, down to you know Craig Robinson. There's so uh, uh, Titus and Dramadon. There's oh so God. many people. I was like, I was like, I was like in noir. I just thought we got a super chat from John Lestrina saying, John, oh, sorry, super chat came right out loud. So it was, was like, I was hoping he would break out at some point. I really was. I was really hoping he would do Pinot, uh, uh, P, it was like, what? he does a uh, Pinot Noir. It's like Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir. It's so great. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about it. It's Unbreakable Kenny Schmidt does a whole thing. That's my way. Okay, I thought I was frozen for a second. Kimmy Schmidt has a whole, uh, the big, like, character in Kimmy Schmidt besides the main character is the guy who plays uh, the best friend. Or, like, you know, I guess, like, he's like, the best friend, the second in command, the producer. The guy who's always believed in Rudy uh, is, like, played by the same guy, Titus uh, and, and Titus Androgyna. <laughs> Can't even say the name. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, it's so good. I loved it so much. And it made me think about other biopics that I've seen recently. This is a perfect biopic. This is why these screenwriters are so good at doing biopics and why so many, and it just shows like by seeing these kind of movies, you, I realize how shit other biopics are like not shit, but like, like how much like they evolve into these certain tropes that get made fun of in stuff like Dewey Cox walk hard, you know, because there's, there's these tropes that you hit when you're doing a biopic about someone who became famous and it's like what he suffered when he was a kid and he lost his like you know brother or sister when he was coming up in the world no one would give him a chance and he got in trouble with the law his first divorce then he learns how to like to get bigger and famer but uh-oh now he's addicted to drugs and there's about to be a big fall and then like you know the redemption third act like and it's just it's so formulaic and what I love about these guys' yeah. movies is, like, that's not the kind of biopic story they're interested in telling. They don't even want to tell you the whole life of this guy. They just start you out on, like, this this story of how he got this movie made and, like, everyone coming together and everyone pitching in to, like, do extra things and to, like, get, you know, get the wheels moving and doing this in this ad hoc Robert Rodriguez, you know, Rebel Without a Crew way that's, like, really inspiring. I, I think it's really inspiring because you come to Hollywood, this guy's already like 45, 50 years old, the actor. I think at the time when he played Dolomite, you know, he, he had some limited success, but like he was, you know, everyone else probably would have considered him washed up, like a total washed up person. Like like nobody that could appear on a major screen as an action star is like a 45, 50 year old paunchy black dude who doesn't know how to do karate. 
like they brought up his weight several times and i was like what's wrong with his weight either actually by the way i didn't think he was overweight either but they just keep mentioning don't let his my name that he's supposed to be like chunky that's it. he's yeah he's yeah he's called pudgy a handful of times but but it's bonkers whatever oh my god you know what i found Here's a picture. Remember the photo shoot they're doing what? for his album? What? Remember the photo shoot they're doing from the beginning of the album? Uh, yes. Hold on, hold on. I almost got it. I do. I do have it. But where is it? It's called. Oh my God. Here you go. Oh my gosh. Oh! Straight up, eat out more often. This guy was so beyond. Like, so they. This is a scene uh, that actually in Dolomite is my name. It's based on like uh, the fact that before he was doing Dolomite in the movie character, he developed this character for raunchy albums that he was making that really caught on uh, like across America with the, like in black communities that were like sort of like Eddie Murphy's Raw. You know, I think that's probably, I think Eddie Murphy taking this part is very significant. Like, I think Chris Rock also probably would have really won this part because these are like, he's sort of like not as much talked about, but he was so influential in getting these comedy, like, you know, comedy action, comedy, but like plus social statement, like, you know, uh, critiques out in the world that they were clearly inspired by this guy's raunchy sense of humor, like in his ability to not take things so seriously, but to create a great product. And they prove to the world that, like, fuck you, world. Like, you think there's no place for me in, like, this? There is. Like, I, there are people that are dying to see what I have and are dying for my product and are dying for it. And, like, if you're too dumb to see that because, you know, racism or because, like, you're looking at market trends or because whatever, then that's going to be your loss. Because if you really believe in yourself and you believe in your dream, then you can make it happen. I mm-hmm. think that's a beautiful fucking message. Like, if you wanted to go out and shoot a movie today, nothing is holding you back from doing that. Like, literally nothing is holding you back from going out and shooting a movie today, besides the fact that there's a plague. Uh, don't go out and shoot a movie today. Definitely do not do that. But I absolutely agree. The message, obviously, is so inspiring. And the idea that even if there is not a... If you, even if you don't think people are telling you there's not a market for something, for what something you want to make or do, be, whatever the situation is, you just create that opportunity as well. And just also kind of in being like, fuck those guys. I'm going to do whatever the heck I want just because I can. And as a creative, this is something I need to do. And similar with Ed Wood's character and mm-hmm. Ed Wood, you know, he's, he mentioned it. This is something I am. I have to create. I am a filmmaker. This is yeah, what it's, I it's, do. It's not even an option. It's just like, yeah, yeah and I, I love that. That idea that like yeah. them giving up and going to a different career path or whatever. It's not an option. This is what they do. This is who they are. Absolutely. They can't be anyone else. Now, he obviously mm-hmm. needs to be in the arts and, you know, because he's dabbled around in so many different things. I'm not sure if, like, you know, he had to make the movie because, you know, he did records. He did, uh, like, he did music. He was, like, a summit. Like, he had a very, he had a lot of creative outputs. But I think, like, this movie thing, when he's looking at the projector and seeing that, like, you know, making the connection that he's only reaching a certain number of audiences when he goes out on tour all the time. But with the projector projecting his image into the screens of, like, 
people simultaneously. It's got that Maxwell Lord sort of moment where he's like, oh shit, I can make everyone watch me at once. And it's a beautiful, beautiful moment when he steps into the theater and watches himself being played on screen. It's truly beautiful. And he also decided not to see himself, uh, like um, to watch himself again. He decided when at the premiere in My Name is Dolomite in particular, at the very at the very last scene, what he decided to do, and he was at the big premiere, the world premiere of his movie at a jam-packed theater. And there are lines and lines out the window. It is such a packed theater. He decides, hey, instead of sitting front row with all my friends, and watching my name on the big screen and seeing it because he said at the time, oh, I've already seen it already. You guys can go watch and enjoy this. What he's going to do is hang outside with, with all of his fans that mm-hmm. are going to be waiting hours and hours to watch his movie. And he is just seems so grateful. And he's like, you, are, you guys are here for me. And I kind of wonder as well if his real goal is not so much to be an actor or whatever it be if his goal is just to be a star just to be a, just to be a celebrity i wonder if that was his real goal yeah, being in I, hollywood in general I, because I, he, he said he could be he could be a lot of these things i think that's exactly right i think that like for him it was more about the community aspect of it all and again guys yeah. I, I do want to mention like in the comments I'm not that aware of uh, of his backstory. If it turned out he was a wife abuser or something like that, I just I, I'm just not that well informed. And so, if we're incorrect in our assumptions here, please feel free to correct us in the comments. And like, I will look. We'll look into it. This is a learning experience. But from what I'm seeing, this guy was like a pretty dope ass dude. Like, I know <laughs> biopics played uh, like things. But do you want to hear, by the way, a review, a couple of the reviews that came out around this time? I know they mentioned them in the movies, in the Dolomite movie. But the actual reviews for Dolomite are pretty crazy. Or maybe we should get on. <laughs> I did, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, like, you know what? If we reach up to 100 bucks tonight, I'll read my three favorites, because they are fucking great. Um, so wait, we reached the $50 thing, so you have to now read it. Uh, Dolomite is my name, or Dolomite. Which would you rather have a monologue from? Dolomite or Dolomite is my name? Um, Dolomite. Okay, I think you're going to do great on this. Uh, hold on. You got to read it as. You got to read it as. Mercy Are you putting in the private chat? Are you putting in the private chat? I'm about to. I'm about to. That's the show. Let's see. Man, I'm nervous now. What do you think? Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm trying to find a good because it's a lot of dialogue. It's not a lot of uh, speeches, so I'm trying to find something that's like a speechy. Okay, come on, guys, come on. I I do want to say thank you ahead of time for donating mm-hmm. to our goal to do this. I don't know if it was the intention <laughs> or not for me to do this monologue, or if it's just like to help out Drew and I or whatever, but we appreciate it. We really, really do. Either okay. way. I, I'm not going to give you anything racy. Like, I promise you, I'm not going to give you anything racy to, to do. Oh, now I'm disappointed. No. Well, I mean, like, I, you know, I mean, what I mean is I'm not going to give you any Quentin Tarantino lines that he would have given himself uh, for this. So hold on. I'm playing in the private chat. I'm only on two different computers right now. So enter broadcast studio. I'm going to be entered as this third person. 
I put it in the private chat. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna love this so much. Okay, hold on. So now I'm backstage. Hold on. Yep. Here we go. It's in private chat. It's in private chat. Great, great, great. Let me read through it. Okay. Well, let me make sure this is from the right movie. Let's see. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's easy enough. Okay. That's let me see. That, this oh, is from uh, this is from Bill Lemay is my name. By the way, it's not from the original Bill Lemay. <laughs> this is the, version. the context that I'm going to give you uh, is that this is a uh, scene that he's practicing in a mirror at this abandoned hotel, and he's trying to get the he's trying to get in character for something, and he's looking at a picture of his father uh, while he's reading these lines. So that's that's the setup here. Okay, that's a scene. Do I need to perform it like that or no? No, you can perform however you want. And I'm also going to find more of them. Well, let's see. Let's see. There's so many good lines in this. Guys, have you, any okay. have you got any ideas of these lines? Okay. All right. I got it. I got it. Okay. All right. Ah, fuck. You're dirty, motherfucker. You told me I wasn't shit, huh? Shit. You wasn't shit. You the one that ain't shit. Okay, look at me now, motherfucker. You want to know who I am? I'm Dolan Light. Okay, fucking farmer. Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna send you the script right now. Can you just read all of it? Can I just do some line readings? That's awesome. Fuck, that's awesome. God, I love it when you do these things. You know what? I'm gonna send you the whole. Uh, send you the whole streamyard thing right now. You there just you want as many of these as you want because I think you're. Uh, oh, sorry, that's not it. Uh, Thank you, love. It's so funny when Alex does voices. Is anyone else as impressed when I as I am, or am I just being crazy? Alex does very funny voices. Here you go. Here's a bunch of dolomite lines. Dolomite yeah. lines. Dolomite lines. Um, and also, um, also this persona I'm doing. Her name is Judy. Okay. I thought her name was what's her name from uh, from um my cousin Vinny. Should we call her that? What's her name? What is her what is her character oh name? Oh my god, what is her name? Jesus Christ, my brain is fried. It's Vinny. Come on, competitor. Come on, stop it. It's, Stephanie, uh, is it Stephanie? Stefania? Yeah, I think that's right. It's it's something with an S. It's uh gosh, Maria something. Uh all right, let's let's see. Let's see him. Let me let me find out. Okay, mm -hmm. my cousin. Her name is Mona Lisa. Mona, her name is Mona Lisa Vito. Oh my God! How did I forget that Mona Lisa Vito? <laughs> that's a fine. That's a fine pointer, honestly. If you had to, if you had to get her entire name, Mona Lisa Vito. Um, Mona Lisa Vito. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so scroll through. I'm gonna I'm gonna fill the air for a little second and banter to the audience while you scroll through and find a couple of these quotes that seem to work for you. Um, I'll also, also send you the original Dolmite quotes to page. So, guys, how are you guys doing? Uh, I'm Video Drew. This has been a weird period of time. We are now into December. I thought David Lynch was going to stop doing his numbers of the day, and I got really sad. It turns out his announcement was that he watched everyone in the comment section saying how much they love him picking uh, random bingo uh, balls out of a cup every morning to announce the number of the days. And so he decided he's not going to stop doing that. And that was the announcement. That's pretty cool. So I was, I was getting worried. 
Every day I wake up worried that David Lynch is going to die. Let's see. Um, I can try one too, by the way. Let's see. Okay. I have all okay. Okay. No, I can't say that. I can't say that. You can't say yeah. There's a lot of this. Really there, there's one I'm like. There's one I'm like. Yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> Why don't we replace the word with something like um, ginger, nin, nin, ninja, ninja? <laughs> oh wait. Um. Oh wait, I don't know which one you're referring to, because the the one I have is like fr is from Dolomite is my name. It's just like a bunch of inspirational stuff. You know, I know it's just a bunch of quotes, but I'm here's the actual script for Dolomite. Okay. I'm sending it to you right now. Thanks, John. Thanks for slowing the total production oh, down. I'm kidding. Gosh. I'm just fucking kidding. Uh, here you go. Uh, here's the script for Dolomite right here. <laughs> here's the script for Dolomite is my name. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's a good one. Well, I'm going to do one of these, actually. Because here, I do cool. think there's important stuff here. This is really... Okay. This is, like, this, is, this is just me doing it because this is, I feel like, a really sincere, great piece of writing. Where he goes, arriving at the... If, when they arrive at the... Hold on, let's see. Hold on, let's see. Um... um I guess guys, we're really trying here. Okay. All right. Okay. I got one. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Got one. I got one. So when I was sitting on the stage, I swear to God, people fainted. Ambulance mate was on them, picking them off the floor. And when I did a gig, the promoter would warn the hospital. Okay, Rudy's on tonight. They're going to be carrying out the bodies out in the motherfucking club. I love sorry. it. I'm so I love it. No. I, I don't, love it. I don't. It's not an offensive like, thing. It's just a different. Oh, shit. It's just a different read on it. Uh, hold on. Let me continue just so. Uh, let's see. Real quick. I think I'm trying to remember my favorite parts were Eddie Murphy delivers some of these lines so well that I was like, oh damn, Eddie Murphy can act now, I guess. Who cares? But like that's well, cool. I was very okay, it's kind of funny you say that just because I totally, totally agree. This feels like a very much like an Oscar Beatty movie. I was very surprised it didn't get any Academy Award nominations. It was screaming for, at the time. It never came out except the moment. No, it, yeah, it was a limited release, but there was an Oscar campaign. It was actually nominated for several uh, Golden Globes, though. Right, but that's and there was a case. Roma yeah. was an exception because Roma yeah. actually had a release, like a theatrical release mm -hmm. that was a little bit more than limited. So there was there was an active Oscar campaign though for some time. Sure, and as well there should be, but at that period mm -hmm. in time, streaming wasn't if it was just streaming with only a limited, like maybe four or five, six. Uh, book feeders to like show off this limited thing it uh I, yeah i don't think that was a reason why honestly just because at that time roma was our like was was already nominated it was like the same and it was yeah, like you said it was it was limited release and everything roma was a limited release however um but it's just really really wonky but there was very little like buzz overall oh yeah, well, yeah. Um, I, 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 
disagree. I feel like Dolomite like um Dolomite is my name got a lot of buzz. I just I just avoided it. Like I feel like it got a lot of buzz. Not Oscar buzz, but it did get a lot of buzz. So I remember like the whole thing was like Eddie Murphy and Keegan Michael Key and like look at all these people. Wesley Snipes putting on Wesley Snipes by the way putting on a performance that I have not seen since uh, Tu Wong Vu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Like oh. Wesley Snipes playing this director might have stolen the whole show for me. Like he, <laughs> he plays him as such a I'm not sure if he's a lush or if he's a name dropper or like what his if he's like Faye in some way. Like he's just so. Mm. Like his, that's his whole energy. His whole mood right now is. Mm. It, it, I honestly took it as far as he really, really thought himself above the movie, and yeah, he, he like the way he, the way he left the movie, how he got into movie, he how he met them, and they pitched him, pitched them the movie everything from start to finish. And even he was like, he would be drinking like out. He would like, he would make himself a little remote, like screwdriver mm-hmm. with some vodka. He slip, slip, slip vodka in his OJ. And he would ask him, like, can we make that scene literally any better in order to make it seem like he actually kicked to the guy? Yeah, and he's like, literally just shoot no. this to make it look like, <laughs> like kicking him. And they go, no, no. And he's oh, like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it in your voice. Or maybe I'll try to. <laughs> Dolomite is my name, and fucking motherfuckers is my game. You no-business-born, rat-soup-eating, insecure motherfucker. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. No-business-born, insecure, junkyard, rat-soup-eating motherfucker. Not bad. Mm -hmm. Ain't too shabby. Yeah, it's also a, just, like how great his dialogue was. Like, first of all, someone else wrote this script, which is hilarious. Like, the Keegan Michael Key character in the movie is a very like he's a very serious playwright who's very much into the idea of like black, you know, the black uh, arts having a purpose and like showing, you know, having having mission statement. But there's dialogue in here that clearly was just Rudy's dialogue. Where he goes, you know, like 23 of these hours, you know, you had 24 hours to get out of the town and only 23 have passed or stuff like that. Where you're just like, this guy just makes it his own. And it's, it's weird to think that that playwright had anything to do with the writing of what would become this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's a really, it's a really funky one. I don't think, I wonder if even, I wonder what his goal, like, Rudy's goal was overall. Did he want to be a movie star? Did he just want to make movies for his community? Did he just really have a lot of fun making these movies and just wanted to keep going? And a lot of the celebrity aspects just became a bonus, you know? So I'm really, I'm really curious about his like overall motivation making these films. Well, people come to Hollywood for a bunch of reasons, but a lot of times it's because they want to make it in the film industry. And after yeah. living here for a lot, many years, you find a lot of disillusioned people in LA because they didn't make it. He is he has continued to believe in himself. Sorry, I burnt myself when I like the baby. He has to, um, you know. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> sorry, guys. Um. Shit, what was I saying? Somebody help me out in the chat. What was I just saying? 
Damn it. It just went away. Okay, anyway, uh, I just, yeah, I just think that, like, there's so much in this movie that's about, I don't know how well it was embraced by, by white audiences or whatever, but this guy clearly became, like, a cultural hero. And, uh, I liked it. It's funnier than James Bond. It's ridiculous. And more importantly, it's supposed to be funny. Like, so that's what saves it from being like, like the room or like, uh, you know, any of the other horrible movies that we love to make fun of. It knows it's ridiculous. And even unlike Ed Wood, like Ed Wood didn't really seem to realize how stupid his shit would look. Like Eddie Murphy, I mean, uh, Dolmite, uh, Rudy, like absolutely did know how stupid it was going to look. And he just wanted to do it anyway, because he wanted to his people. He had no desire to make this the mainstream movie for everyone in America, all the white people, he made it for like, he made it for black people who love Kung Fu, who love this kind of like storylines, like he catered to them. And I think that's, it shows like a, you know, maybe an overly glossy and sentimental nostalgic rose colored view of how things can change in Hollywood. If, if just one man can convince a couple executives that the uh, African American target population demo can bring in some traffic. Who knows? But like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's just kind of a glossed over thing. But in general, yeah, I kind of feel like the story of Dolomite is my name is the perfect biopic because it's just a slice of his life. One thing that he did in his life. It's not like jobs where you're jumping around from like different points in his life or where you see someone growing up from being a kid. This is just, you're right in there. He's already old. He's already paunchy. He's already kind of well-known in some circuits, not others. You know, like you're already you're already just right in there with the character. Yeah, absolutely. These there is this idea that I I think it was kind of interesting is about this is I feel like this character in particular it's 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 he's kind of like James Bond a little bit. There's a real richness and mythology behind his character, and. I mean, he's very beloved. He knows he he knows how to fight. He knows how to do a whole bunch of this stuff. And honestly, he is honestly kind of identical to James Bond in a whole bunch of ways. He is technically sponsored by the government. He has a lot of girls hanging off his arm. Mm-hmm. He has he has really cool fighting style. He kills a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Wait, can I tell you something. I don't love. When Dolomite is my name, the uh, the the woman, the bigger woman, is talking to the one white guy on set, and she's like, "Oh, so who are you here for?" And she's like, and he's like, "Well, I actually get cast a lot to play uh, the bad guys. So before this, I was playing a Nazi, and before that, a treason guard." And he's like, "Guess they just sometimes need, uh, like you know." And the woman's face was just falling because it's like I, I was a Confederate soldier, and then I was a uh, you know. A, a soldier in Guatemo, Guantanamo Bay, and then I played a racist judge, and you just watch this woman's face fall as she's just mm-hmm. like, oh, "It's it's great." And then and then being able to go back and watch the scene, like I was wondering why they spent so much time setting up the scene in Dolmite is my name, where they go through the exact same dialogue that the movie had, and it's all very stilted. Until I watched Dolmite is my name and realized it's so stilted that like it 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 deserves its own parody. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool parody. I am kind of sad that we're not getting more. Like, I, I feel like I haven't seen movies like this in a while. 
or before period it's such a weird way to kind of it's, it's such a weird film and it's such a campy film and i feel like a lot it's especially now more than ever i don't feel like we're getting intentionally campy films all that much we do get movies such as mommy dearest and death becomes her where they later become camp where they are beloved now but let's face it like the mo- a lot of these movies that were intentionally campy such as death becomes her it was made to be campy however it wasn't a beloved film it was like almost panned completely and made but critics, no why the critics? well let's be clear you mean talking about dolmite no, I was talking about uh no, I was talking about Death Becomes Her when I was talking about Candy. Oh, yeah, cult classic. Yeah, that one's yeah, I love that movie. It's actually one, it's actually my favorite comedy of the 90s. I love that movie. However, it was critically panned. It made no money initially and later found its audience. But they made it knowing it was gonna be a campy film, and people didn't really like it at the time when it was released and we don't really get a lot of movies nowadays that are intentionally campy and i think what that movie Sorry, what movie again? the movie uh, the example i gave was death becomes her right i think what's really crazy about that kind of movie is like yeah donnie darko it falls into that realm too not a lot of people saw donnie darko when it came out but they watched and rewatched it on vhs mm-hmm. and dvd and blu-ray I feel like mm-hmm. as we move into this, not to get all deep talk, but as we move more into the streaming model of all these networks, it's going to be, I mean, like it's it's going to be that these things are interchangeable. Almost. So the access is easier, that there's more of like a pro, like a pro proletariat uh, method that everyone's getting the same information at the same time, no matter where they live or what mm-hmm. publication they work for. You know, like it's, it's I th- I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Alex, it's a it's really cool. Um, how about Alex? Do you wanna let's talk about favorite characters and lines and scenes? Yeah, overall probably my favorite individual scene from Dolomite is my name is this really sweet moment between Dolomite and Queen Bee. I can't remember her real name. I feel bad. I'm sorry, but he, the woman he has a he has a platonic relationship with at towards the end, where he's picking her up, going to the theater in a limo, and she's all dolled up. They're both all dolled up, and it's like really nice moments. And she's like, "Thank you. I don't see women like me look like me, my age, my color, my size on the big screen ever." And you made it happen, so I appreciate you. So that was a lovely, beautiful moment in the film. Wait, why is um, it canceled? I didn't oh, know. it was, it was. Oh, oh no, it's like, yeah, it was a joke from earlier. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really trying joke. to be about this and trying to be like a, a woke yeah. person about this. I really am. Um, I, I lay at night, like mm-hmm. just when night tear sweats, being like, I am going to make a fool of myself mm-hmm. one day. When it's just like, you know, I have to, I have to just keep watching uh, movies that fall under like the black cinema experience and it's just I don't want to embarrass myself in public and it turns out these movies are pretty good so I'm really excited to watch uh some other ones um I'm just excited a lot of them are actually available for free as well right (laughs) 
I was um, like, tons of, I was like, Tubi, IMDb on TV. I was like, mm, this is free. YouTube, it's available on YouTube. I was delightfully surprised at the how available tons of these movies are. Well, we are because Dolomite is not still. Tuesday, Dolomite isn't war. war sorry, I'm like breathing weird. Uh, Dolomite isn't considered like a top tier movie. So people kind of watch it for the kitsch value or because Dolomite is no name came up. It's kind of been forgotten in the annals of time, much like Ed Wood. These are not guys who, who rose to the ranks of Orson Welles or, um, you know, even like a Brian Coogler or something like that. Like they just didn't like, but they succeeded in their way. It kind of also reminds me of the movie Bowfinger. Also starring Eddie Murphy. It's about Steve oh, Martin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Heather Graham, you know, and they're, they're yeah. this ad hoc like, film crew, and they're trying to have a movie that stars Eddie Murphy's character, but they can't get him, like, get to him because he's famous and they are uh, losers and stalkers. And so they like, hire his twin brother, and then they convince the guy, they convince uh, Eddie Murphy he's gone crazy and that they, they just shoot cinema verite style. And like make them uh, make it look like it's him actually saying the line because he actually does believe there's aliens because he's fucking crazy. That was maybe mm-hmm. my favorite Eddie Murphy movie of all time. This might come in as a close. I mean, not sorry, not this movie. I was watching Vampire in Brooklyn earlier, but I'm saying like uh, these movies. I'm, I just need to like watch more of them because the more I watch, like the more I'm like in love with it as like a genre. I'm like this is exactly my type of speed. Blow some shit up, say some really funny shit while you're punching people, like. Like, just have, like, everyone nonsensically dance around. I mean, it might as well be a David Lynch film. Like, it's just, like, everyone walks into every situation, and it's, like, the most bizarre interactions you can possibly have. You're like, it's oh, yeah. Really it went truly, like, from, it, like, it's like an, it's like an alternate universe. <laughs> it is an alternate universe of a David Lynch movie. <laughs> That's I mean, I feel like, you know, like there's something you said for a movie where someone is actively after you shooting guns at you and you're on the run for your life and you take a break so you can get up on your stage and start rapping your little limericks. Um, mm-hmm. Just to be like Dolomite, just like a plug for himself in the middle of this movie. It was mm-hmm. so bold. I think like if I had watched this without having seen Dolomite as my name, I might have been confused and not enjoyed it because I don't think I would have gotten that it was supposed to be funny. I did. I found it funny a lot without because I actually saw Dolomite is my name after after I saw the after I saw Dolomite like directly after. Yeah, I mean, I think you know a lot of these. By the way, a lot of these movies in the seventies sucked a dick. Like <laughs> they all did. And this one, I want to give credit to it, like real actual credit, not like golf claps, not like like you know second place or like you know consolidary like golf claps or you know consolation golf claps this movie was well written well paced well acted had characters that like you're invested in that the storyline is interesting you want you want to know more about these people and their world it's a cheesy ass fucking movie with terrible kung fu and special effects but like it's a great film it truly is like a great film it's so fucking funny it's. I, I think you have to take in consideration what it is. Like you're not gonna. You're in no world. Are you gonna compare this to Saving Private Ryan? You know, you're you're never gonna be in that situation. Um, what you can, however, because, because, 
Yeah, because they're, I mean, because they're both so different in so many ways. Like, and you, and you can say the same thing for like, you, you've never compared Ed Wood to say, um, on the waterfront or something like to happen. They're just totally right. different. And they're wow. both well, your framework is the exact opposite of mine because I'm like, okay, you just named two things. I have to figure out which one's better. Okay. I'm going with Ed Wood. <laughs> well, I mean, well the, the reason, like I said, it's just like you, um, these are just great movies for very different reasons. And what makes Dolomite great is just, I, I think it's also the sheer enthusiasm and the character, the actors have that's so, um, that really pulls through in the scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's so clear how much fun they had while making it. <laughs> and I say that, and the thing is, I, and again, I did not know a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. And I did not see that biopic until after I saw Dolomite. And I felt that from the get go. So it's, it was really nice to see that translated so well, that, you know, for a movie that can be so ridiculous in so many ways, it can still be a good movie it can still be fun. Yeah, I mean, I fucking, I, I don't know. I, I love this movie. I also love that it didn't, it focused on race because race is clearly a hot button issue and would be on the forefront of people's mind. But no character in this movie is racist. Like, the record producers want him because they, like, they want him to go on tour. Or, like, and the black record producer turns him down or the uh, movie producer turns him down and says it's because he's too fat and they're trying to make other, like, inspirational black movies. Like, it's never... Race is, of course, in the forefront, as as uh, Queen Queen B says, her, or Queen, yeah, whatever says at the end. Like, thank you so much for putting me in your movie. Like, I've never seen someone that looks like me up on the um, big screen. Now, like, a part of me is almost like that's a little too button on, on the nose. It's a little too on the nose. It's almost like thank you, like my savior complex. But on the other hand, I truly do believe the way they made this character unfrozen. Uh, the way they did write this character, she's not vulnerable that often. They really do have a strong connection that is, as far as we know, totally platonic. And um, I just felt like it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. It wasn't for her to be making a statement to the world. It was her saying it to him. There mm-hmm. aren't many women that look like me that like get to be in movies. So like, thank you for letting me be in this movie. I thought it was really beautiful. Oh, um, I forgot to mention the sex scene. I mean, they were filming the funny sex scene in My Name is Dolmite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, them coming to the realization where they're like, what's happening? And they suddenly see like the mirrors moving and you see her like moving the things in the behind the wall and you see the, the ceiling crash down on them. <laughs> and everyone starts laughing. And the and Keegan like comes in and he's like, you what are you doing? This is like a serious scene. And they're like, no, no, it's not. Not anymore. And it's funny as hell. Yeah, <laughs> that I was mean, a great scene. I think there's so much to be said. There's, God, there's so much to be said. Like, what about the kid that was the DP who was the Nightcrawler in the new X-Men movie? That really cute kid with the long hair. He's like from the new X-Men movies. He plays Nightcrawler. He was in, oh God, Eric just told me, I forgot what he oh, was. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's like a, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know his face, not his name. He's like, yeah, he's, a, he's like a new up and coming kind of actor kid. He played yeah. uh, the like assistant director, cameraman, essentially had a handful of lines where they were like trying to troubleshoot like the lighting. And they're like, well, what do you, how are we going to get the lights on if we can't, we don't Cody have the like things Cody, like that. His name is Cody, no, sorry, Cody Smith McPhee is his name. Um, he was oh right. He was the boy from 
on the on the road. He was the boy from uh, I think Let Me In. That's what it was. He was the boy from Let Me In. <gasps> oh, good call. Yeah. yeah, yeah, super hot, super cute guy. Drew, don't say he's hot. He was born in 1996, and that makes you feel bad about yourself. So don't say it. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. That's like 24. 26 versus 36 is a decade difference. Oh, Sorry. I agree. It's a big difference. But I'm just saying, one, he's legal. Two, at least we're not creeping on like an 18-year-old because that feels really weird. Uh, yeah. And also, I can creep on him as a 30-year-old woman. That doesn't seem like that bad. I've been, I've been lately crushing on guys who look like they're just still in college. Uh, this is this true? Is that true? No. I mean, I can imagine so because they ran in different circles. Wesley Snipes was very much like into his like you know island, like putting all his money in offshore island and doing that kind of stuff. I'm not sure if they would have run in the same circles. Like, I mean, uh, Wesley wasn't a stand-up. So that's true, but they both have been they're both have been working actors for a very long time since like the late 80s. Right. But I'm saying this is the first. Right. The, the 70s, though, because like this. Oh, sorry. You're right. Excuse me. Let me back up. They have been working both of them for a very, very long time together. Maybe it's like one of those heat situations where it's like De Niro and Pacino and you finally get one scene where they're in the same movie at the same time. And then the camera just cuts back and forth between the two of them so you never get a wide shot of Robert De Niro and Dustin and uh sorry and Al Pacino actually looking at each other occupying the same space who knows why but they just like it seems like you, the, you put that scene in heat do you get a wide shot of them in heat and the director's uh cut but like you have to have it uh framed by the you have to have a special sort of framing ratio where it's like 14 mm -hmm. by 30 whatever I just did like a piece on this for the catch up, but like most theatrical releases, you could not see that they were in the same like uh, physical space together. Mm -hmm. but people that's, just loved it. That's kind of bonkers. I'm trying to think. Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes. Let uh, me find it. Let me find Wesley out. Snipes has been in two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Um, and Eddie Murphy was in Goldfinger. Can we do two degrees mm -hmm. or six degrees? Because I can get it on six degrees of Kevin Bacon style. Oh, I actually, um, it's actually funny you say that because I actually created a new game out of my one of my card games for training. I feel like it's right up your alley. It's essentially six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Let's only I, What? Let's do it. Okay, challenge. I'm giving you a challenge. Oi. Okay. So I have this game called Cinelinks. Where it's like dominoes. It's a card game with dominoes. Well, it's like it's where you treat it essentially like dominoes, only you have genres, directors, movies, double features. So like this one has like 25th Hour, Monster, Arnie, Schwarzenegger, Juliet Lewis, Elf, everything. So I want you to connect Matt Damon to Charlie's Angels. Wait, um, like in how many and how many moves do I get? Just connect them. You can I'll give you unlimited. Okay, so hold on. I'm not gonna read the chat. Matt Damon to Charlie's mm -hmm. Angels. Okay, so Matt Damon to Charlie's 
Wait, which wait, wait, wait. You said Matt Damon to which Charlie's Angels? Charlie's Angels, the first one, circa 2000. Okay, so let me write this down real quick. I can do it. Everyone in the chat's gonna be like way ahead of me, but let me do it real quick. I my brain is fuzzy today and I'm like having a hard time, but I do think this is something I want to get right. So give me one second. Sorry, write down, write down. Okay. I think what it is here, let me write down here, is that like okay, so Matt Damon is in these movies, and I think the connective tissue would be uh, I think the connective tissue would have oh Bernie Mac, right? Wasn't he in the first Charlie's Angels, or was it Cedric the Entertainer or Bernie Mac who was in the first Charlie's Angels? You can't say like, you can pretty much connect them. You can say I connect uh, Charlie's Angels one to two because it has a has the same cast with Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, and Drew Barrymore. Drew uh, uh, Charlie's Angels two has Bernie Mac who co-starred with Matt Damon and all the Ocean's Ocean's films. Therefore, that's how we connect them. Yeah, uh, Bernie Mac was in uh, Bernie Mac was in Charlie's Angels, right? In Charlie's, mm-hmm. Angels. in Charlie's Angels too. Yeah. Okay, so what about Sam Rockwell? I think Sam Rockwell and Matt Damon probably have done some stuff together. Um. Ye- okay. So hear me out. Okay. Okay, so Sam. Okay, so if we're gonna say connect Sam Rockwell to Matt Damon, um, Sam Rockwell he starred in Iron Man two or is it three i can't remember and that starred iron man now iron man uh, is played by rdj who actually starred in the avengers that also starred thor and i mean sorry chris helmsworth and thor and so i'm connecting you can cut out, it to- the, middle part. You can cut out, you can cut out the middle part because you can just go into the mcu you don't have to like go from to tell okay you're right. Okay. So Matt Damon he played loki in yeah. the performance and thor yeah. So what, what what was the what was the what, Matt Damon to who? What did we say Matt Damon to who? Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Right. So they both exist in the MCU. So it's just Sam Rockwell to uh to to Tony to to mm-hmm. the event to the uh to okay. the character. Okay, let's Sorry, my brain is so fuzzy. Um in that case, let's figure out Wesley Snipes to Eddie Murphy. Wesley Snipes to Eddie Murphy? Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, like, the, you're saying this is the first movie they've been in together. Fine, but let's say I'm not a huge like. I don't know if add up to date on Moses Snipes biography, but I do know Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, and I do know Blade. Uh, so getting it from White Man Can Jump, Demolition Man. Okay, so we're trying to get from him to Eddie Murphy. So let's see, there has to be someone with Eddie Murphy and Woody Harrelson, right? Eddie Murphy and Rosie Perez, Eddie Murphy and, um, sorry. Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson is what, why you can't jump? Yeah, I mean, like, what, I mean, like, could they have any kind of connection? Maybe, maybe not? Wait, they were in White Man Can't Jump together. They what? They were in White Man Can't Jump together. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I was trying to think of Wesley Snaps to Eddie Murphy, though. Oh, uh, Woody Harrelson to Eddie Murphy. Let's see. Let's see. Wesley Snipes to Eddie Murphy. There's got to be something here. Uh, Guys, help us out. Everyone in the chat, actually, help us. Uh, yeah, help us out here because I'm just not that up to date on Wesley Snipes. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna see if maybe there's a way to connect John Leguizamo to uh, Eddie Murphy, which I feel like they've definitely 
been in something together. My crazy John Leguizamo and Murphy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I feel like John Leguizamo and Eddie Murphy have I been everything. <laughs> Let's see. Let me see. Let me see. Let's see. Eddie Murphy. Well, he's yeah, he's been a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Spawn. Um, <gasps> Spawn. He was in Spawn. Yeah, but that's not Wesley Snipes. I'm oh, sorry. That's yeah. He was, that was just uh, Michael J. K. J. White. Oh, Michael J. J. White. White. Yeah. Okay. So okay. As I, I can fix this. I think I got it. I think I might have got it. Hold on. Let me just a little check. They also don't want to seem again completely racist by uh, by just like naming things that are not right. So let's see here. Wow. Yeah. They were never in anything together, but let's see what we can do. That's bonkers. He's going to be in Coming to America, too, by the way. That's awesome. I cannot wait Like that that he's going to be in Coming to America, too. I mean, um, mm -hmm. what is next? Let's go. We play John some military. I'm going to do John Linguizamo, Eddie Murphy, and see if I got anything. John, is anyone in the chat giving us suggestions? Expendables. Wait, Expendables? Mm-hmm. Was Wesley Snipe in the Expendables? He wasn't in the... I know he actually wasn't. Let's see. Let's see, let's see. Okay, let's see. What about Patrick Swayze? Swayze. That's the third, third, third. So that's, a, that's the third one of the two Long Crew group. Oh, wait, Robin Williams. Is there a connection there? Because Robin Williams is also in Two Point One Crew. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. For some reason, I'm really stuck on this. Story. Story, supposedly. Guys, this is making for great content. So while we Google, so somebody better figure this out quick. Um. Anyway, I guess we can announce what we're doing for next week, right? Yeah. Oh, no, let's talk about how the movie holds up because I have a lot to say about that. It's really mm. good. Guys, I have not seen this next movie. I know everything about it. However, I have not actually seen the movie in full. So I am terrified as you watch it. Can you guess what it is? Okay, hold on. I got a picture of it. Hold on. It is a, again, it's a harm. This is a horror movie, but it's a, a horror movie that takes place in a universe of, uh, well, something I think we all know and love. Hold on. Let's see. Oh, where'd the picture go? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Guys, my, my ability to do stuff today is severely hampered. Please bear with me. Uh, let's see. Where did the picture go? Okay, let's see. I'll have to find a new picture, apparently. So hold on one second. Alex, uh, I want you to tell us a little bit about um, your, without naming the movie, what sort of predisposition do you have uh, that made you not see it? That I had every intention to see this movie when it was released in theaters. However, I found out everything about it beforehand. And I was like, I guess there's no point now. <laughs> and now I feel like, oh, there it is. Arnie wait, is. Wait, wait, he did it. Wesley in Expendables 3 with Arnold. Arnold with True Lies with, with Jamie Lee Curtis. And Jamie in Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. Well huh. done. Now that's. Well done. Yeah, wait, I was like, wait, I, 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 I didn't think. Eric, do you do you have this game? Do you? Oh, Eric's just really good at movie stuff. 
I feel like there's an, also an easier one too if I remember more as the snipes rolls, but I just don't. Um, so here's the movie we're gonna be doing. As I want to publicly shame Alex when we, uh, when I show you the movie that we're gonna be watching because she hasn't seen it yet, and I want us all go shame, shame. Uh, it's a new tab. There we go. Hold on. Shame. No shame here. You're not gonna no shame. shame. No, no shame. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change you. Shame you. Let's see. Open a new tab. Okay, here we go. So here's what we're watching for next week, guys. Are you ready? This is a movie Alex has not seen. For the love of God, she has not seen this movie. Uh, let's see. Uh, making it bigger. Full screen. She has not seen. Get out, y'all. I've never seen Get Out. <laughs> again, Yo. My, Yo. I, no thing is, again, I know everything about this movie. I know the ending. I know the alternate endings. I know the director's things. I know everything about the cotton. I know everything about the Fruit Loops and the milk. I know all yeah. of it. I know she yeah, has a you, picture of creeper you can be told. You can be told, you can be told how what childbirth yes. is going to feel like Alex. And it doesn't matter once you experience exactly. childbirth. Yeah. So that's you know why, a lot of shit about it. That's why that, that's what, that's my big bias going into it. That means I haven't, that's why I haven't seen this because I, I, I was like, I, it's, it's kind of like seven. That's the reason why I haven't seen the movie seven. I literally know everything about it. I haven't seen usual suspects for the same reason. But Alex, I feel like, well, first of all, that is a flaw of Hollywood in the nineties. that was so related mm -hmm. to the twist. Like everything yeah. was so hinged on those like Fincher mm -hmm. like and, and to a lesser extent Nolan twists of like or Shyamalan M Night Shyamalan where it's like oh the thing that's the twist mm -hmm. and once you know the twist the movie's ruined. Whereas Get mm -hmm. Out, I don't think it really it doesn't ruin the movie just because you know like the ending. Like the movie's mm -hmm. about the ambiance of it and the atmosphere mm -hmm. of it. And it's a it's a brilliant film, truly great social commentary, perfect mm -hmm. for these times. Or maybe it's actually not perfect for these times. It was perfect for the, the Obama year times because this movie definitely makes it out like uh, like white people are well-meaning. Well, well and, and yeah, I mean, it's it's well-meaning, but uh, terrible people. I would, have, I would have voted Obama in for a third term. Something that Nurconic says to me all the time whenever I say I met Obama twice. And he goes, would you have met him for a third term? Great. <laughs> Oh God! Did you just compare Get Out to Childbirth? Yes, sir, I did. I'm just saying that there's some experiences that you have to like. There's some things in life you have to experience. Just knowing what's going to happen doesn't like you know. If knowing what, how your life's going to end doesn't do anything. Like that's just facts. You need to actually experience it. You need to live I, your life. I, I think that's another reason why I've held off watching it for so long. It's because it's a film that is just so inherently terrifying for so many reasons. And horror movies, I only got into starting last year. And especially when it comes to social thrillers, social horrors are really, I, they're, they're just like, they're just so scary to me. They're just so much more realistic, I, I guess. And that just makes it, it just makes it just so much more terrifying to watch. I think that you'll really like this one because a it's a comedy, a horror comedy. Like there, it's played with really funny beats. The acting is incredible. It's 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 stark. It's a thriller, and yes, it does have mm -hmm. this 
in, uh, in commentary embedded in it, but the commentary is never overwhelming. Like it mm-hmm. really isn't like, you're just watching this movie and you're like, Oh my God, like what's going to happen? How is he going to get out of this? It's like crazy. And if you've already know like what's going to happen, mm-hmm. like I think you can actually just enjoy it on like the level of performance that everyone gives all the mm-hmm. clues that you'll be able to pick up about what's going on as the all film progresses. I, I you know, like you're going to be able to figure, and you know what, even though you say, you know, a lot about this movie, there still might be one or two things that surprise I'm, you. that you don't know. I'm really hoping so. Um, like I said, it, like social horrors in particular thing is I've, I've, I've heard commentaries on this before many, many times. That's the thing. And that's, and I really do not want that to take away a lot of the fun aspect of watching movies. Yeah. Uh, I would say this movie, like, totally, like Rosemary's Baby, this movie works on it on a urtex level of just being a great movie that's really fun like a really good horror movie like cabin in the woods style or like not cabin in the woods but like a really good horror movie or thriller movie and then mm-hmm. on a secondary level there's also a great you know a, an important and great message that is coming through but you can also just enjoy it on its surface unlike under the silver lake and yes i will rant about this for 20 more minutes unlike silver <laughs> under the silver lake which the meta story makes no sense but you have to go into the ciphers that are hidden throughout the movie and then you can unlock shit that's no fun if you're just a moviegoer you want to watch a movie that on its base level on its surface reads as a movie and reads as entertainment and get out is one of the most entertaining fun movies uh like horror movies that you're gonna see in a really long time so maybe we'll get special guests on for that we'll have to think about somebody maybe to ask for that yes that'd be awesome uh otherwise uh let's just like Kind of wrap this up because I've been meandering all over the place today, uh, right? Do we have a section left? I think how it holds up, but I think we kind of covered how well Dolomite has hold up. It's one of these few movies That's that amazing from this about like a pimp with a bunch of prostitutes. This is maybe like one of the wokest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it's pretty good. Like it's it's real good. I suggest everyone, I highly suggest you watch in the order I watched it, which is you watch Dolomite is my name first, and then you go back and watch the original Dolomite so you can see like how the scenes that they were shooting in the movie and that looks like silly, how they actually looked in the mo- in, in the actual Dolomite movie because it's pretty one-to-one. Sort of like how in Ed Wood, they get a couple scenes that if you go back and watch his movies, they're, they're beat for beat, the awkward tilted language, the sort of weird energy is like palpable and they captured it really well so shout out to larry and steve i feel like steve is his name for creating such a great uh film for dolomite is my name and introducing us into the world of dolomite which i might continue watching the movies of just because it was so fucking batshit i really want to see where this is going <laughs> I, I was like i i that's what i want i want to i want a, a category and schmodown focusing on on a black exploitation, I wanted on specifically on Dolomite. Give me a Dolomite slice. That'd be amazing. Wait, there is that slice now. It's not called black exploitation, but that they are. Yeah, there's a black cinema slice now, which is really good. That's awesome. So I'm. Um, I think that's a step in the right direction. So like, I'm. Um, that's why I'm trying to broaden my horizons, broaden everyone's horizons. I hope everyone watches. I because I think the categories are out now, so I think it's that's safe to say. Maybe I should shut my mouth, but I think it's safe to say that one of the categories is one of my favorite directors, and everyone's gonna know who it is, and everyone who's gonna play a match against me is going to absolutely try to like study for that. But that's all it's good with me because that means. Sorry, it's David Cronenberg. 
Dave Cronenberg, sure. And I'm just <laughs> saying, if that means that 20 more people watch his movies because they have to prep for me, then I've done my job of like being, a, you know, a messenger of how good these films are to me. Anyway. Yeah, chaos, chaotic neutral. Neutral is bringing on the chaotic good to Schmodon. Okay. Wink, wink. I mean, wink, wink. I got something in my eye. Wink, wink. Anyway, uh, Alex, would you like to send us off with uh, where we can find you? You can find me right here on Twitter at real underscore Alex Mack. You can also find me hosting Schmobase tomorrow with Jeff Snyder as my host. And oh my a few our debaters. So it's going to be so much fun. So please stop by and hang out with me with the Call to Action Podcast Network. Please and thank you. Wait, wait. Who's, uh, who's the debaters? Oh, um, there are a few patrons of ours. So we have Alan, uh, Ryan Chandler, a.k.a. Alan Smithy. And we also have J.D. Hey, I can't pronounce his name. Burroughs? No. Is that his last name? J.D. Domash? Domash? Okay, never mind. I was thinking, if you guys need an extra judge, that's funny as hell. Like, Jeff Snyder judging on stuff. Well, whatever. We'll talk later about that. So, <laughs> uh, what, so you got some updates going on. Where else can people find you? I know we have a letterbox. We have a bunch of things. So. Yes. Um, you can actually find me specifically. Actually, uh, also, I'm doing a real big movie challenge right now. I am trying to watch 300 brand new movies that I've never seen before, before the end of this year. And so far, I have watched 31 movies. So, sell five so far. Do you keep a, let- you keep a letterbox of it? Yes, I do. I was actually going to pull it up. You can actually find me. Just Alex Shellshock, you know, right there. I, I, love, I, I have a pro account of Letterboxd. It's awesome. I can clone other people's lists and just make them private and like, like click off the ones that I need. It's great. And it kept, like it keeps me aware of like what's what movies I've seen and haven't seen. Uh, uh, but other than that, guys, you can find me at Video Drew everywhere. Because I'm that's my name everywhere. It's just one word. It's Video Drew. I don't know why that's so confusing to people. Video Drew. <laughs> Like Videodrome, like it's one word, but it's okay. Videodrome on all social networks. We just revamped my Patreon tiers to make it a little bit more accessible uh, for everyone to come in and do study sessions, which we hold on Wednesday. Uh, and now we'll, you know, involve some people from the dungeons. So you really should get in on the Patreon because it's going to be, it's also going to be like a partly a dungeon study session. So we're going to be having a lot of fun doing that. We're probably going to amp up to a couple more of those. We have, uh, Mondays and Thursdays, the Video Chronic Pop Culture Quiz starting at 8 p.m. Uh, Thursday, we're doing Last Action Hero. Pause for applause. Don't all freak out at once. Never seen it. In play- what the fuck, Alex? You've never seen it. <laughs> I'm getting up and leaving. Alex, 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 I know I don't get a choice because I just could get out, but can I just, as a supplementary thing, Say, please watch The Last Action Hero tomorrow. Please. How please. about we save it for, like, when we can dedicate a week to it? Well, the thing is, I don't think it's worth a week's worth of interpretation. I just think it's one of those classic movies that they probably are going to ask about a lot in Schmodown. And it's so good. Last <laughs> my- Action, I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen Big Trouble Little China. I haven't oh, seen... Shit whole bunch of stuff i haven't seen that other john carpenter movie where it's like uh, call we me live. 
What it's what? Escape from New York, Escape from LA. I haven't seen either one of those. Oh, I just saw those recently. But guys, if you want us to review a show or a movie that one or both of us haven't seen, you can check out our letterbox cinema bias account to see like we have lists of movies we haven't seen. Um and also you can just sign up for the Patreon. One of the tiers is you get to pick a movie for me and Alex to watch and come on and talk about it with us. No matter what the movie is, as long as one or both of us haven't seen it, it's up for grabs. And please help us fill in our blind spots because I know, for myself at least, I have many. Because I would never found Dolomite otherwise. It's so delightful. What a funny fucking franchise. I love it. So um, other than that, guys, Thank you so much for hanging around. I feel like I'm missing something, but I'm also feeling lightheaded, so maybe I'm not. Uh, let's see. Why is, why is Weston saying, uh-oh? Don't forget oh. to hit the like and subscribe button. What did I do? Oh, I think that's it. That's it. I think that's it, honestly. I'm oh, sorry. Right. He just said, uh-oh. I don't like it when people you say just uh -oh. reaction to my movie mention? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Also, guys, so Friday, uh, or sorry, so Tuesdays we do Cinema Bias. Um... Wednesday's study session, Thursday's the pop culture quiz, Fridays and Saturdays, we kind of have off right now, so I'm usually on Twitch, and Sundays is live in the dark of video, Drew at 9pm, we're having Mark Knopic from the dungeon on live in the dark of video, Drew, which is my weekly kayfabe sort of uh, between two ferns meets space ghost coast to coast uh talk show from the weird world of video drew so really guys it's a best time ever to sign up for the patreon i'm really trying to make this community happen because you guys are the best and i've been sort of uh not working that hard on it last year i want to really focus on it this year so want to hear from you guys excited love you alex i will see you next week if not sooner and uh yeah say good night gracie good night gracie, oh, gracie.